0: Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Dewing Grain are local and independent grain traders, from seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts. They can offer you the best strategies to achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Each week on our podcast, we begin with the Dewing Grain market report, giving you up-to-date information and analysis, followed by farm chat, where we catch up on agricultural issues with a guest or two whilst sampling a beer, Andrew's favourite bit. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and this week's Market Report.
1: Welcome to the Market Report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market Report for week commencing 24th of April 2023. This is just about ready for 10 today, which is tomorrow been very exciting in the last week the market has gone all the way up to 203 on the futures which we did not expect been lots of demand lots of trade east anglia i think has seen a massive tonnage there's been commitments made by a number of merchants shippers to export and they've gone out and gone after the wheat and the farmers quite rightly have sold it or lots of them have actually responded to this and I think it was a golden opportunity to sell your old crop wheat we've certainly put that message out there the market had a fab rally and some of the keener buyers I believe paid up to 200 pounds per ton or a tad more than that which is quite a lump of money certainly it's still cheaper than futures of an equivalent value if it's a lot closer to the port you are exporting from so I understand why they did it But the fact that the futures went up there was, I found, quite strange. I can only guess a few people who are short who can't tender bought in their position and took their profit, which is not as much as it could have been. And now we're coming to the bit where, as I said last week, people have got to get their checkbooks out. So that is always a bigger emotion in the end. So at the moment, the May futures at point of recording is a tenner off from its high on Monday or whenever it was. So it is a hundred ninety-three thirty bid and a hundred ninety-five seventy offered, and neither side has moved. It's a little bit like the junior doctors and the government, except the junior doctors have moved and said, "Yeah, we'll have a gas and we'll we'll move a bit." But no, you come to London for half an hour meeting and we won't move. So yeah, I hope you're not ill, anybody out there. So that makes X Farm Feed having been up to to you know the late one nineties. It's now worth, I guess, something like 188x for May movement. That's, that would be my guess. As I say, if someone's committed themselves to a boat and you're quite close to their port, maybe they'll pay you a tad more money than that. I do, as I repeat from previous weeks, see the technicality of May futures giving the futures price a bit of a kicking at some point. But I've been proven exceptionally wrong on that in the last seven days, although it's coming back right again. So depends when you judge me. Moving on to feed barley, that's had a renaissance. There seems to be demand from Spain. They've definitely had a very bad drought over there. And it's clear there are buyers of feed barley around. Some traders are trying to stick to it's a £17 discount to wheat and therefore the price should be this, i.e. low 170s. In reality, you could probably make something like, I don't know, 175x, which is a good 10 quid above where we were a couple of weeks ago so it's over 170 which is great it's just I think one or two people are committed to doing boats they're finding it a little harder to get their hands on the barley at this point we are not involved in that particular game milling wheat still a decent premium if you're sitting with old crop milling wheat and it's 240 250 pounds a ton why are you not selling it I don't quite get it we see rape isn't quite got close to 400 again it's not quite there I think again we will sit and hope it seems to have a bit more life about it. One observation about rape, and I'll see as I seamlessly move from old crop to new crop here. I drove down, well, I drove across to Warwickshire this year for a meeting about the digital grain passport, which some people are dead keen on, some people are not dead keen on, and some people have been hit, woefully misinformed about how many people want it and how many people don't. But either way, it is a discussion that is being had with an open mind, I hope, on both sides. I went over to Warwickshire, which gave me a chance to stare at the crops and probably get done for speeding as well on the A14. And it's clear that the cereal crops look good across the country. It's also clear that some of the rape crops in East Anglia are good. The further east you go, I think the better they are. And then they just seem to be fading and dying in the fields. And there's some very, very strange looking sites. And I'm sure anyone who had the reprieve of last year with less flea beetle about regretting big time putting rape in because it really is a concern let's put it this way i drove down into essex yesterday which is thursday and there are some unbelievable nightmare crops of oilseed rape there and some of them have only just been pulled up there's no two ways about it one guy i spoke to pulled up all of his rape except for one field And he left that one in just to remind himself why he pulled all the other ones up. In other words, he knows it's a disaster, but he kept it just to remind himself, because it's never going to recover from the position it's in. And the pigeons are keeping ahead of the stuff trying to grow. I think new crop rape has a major supply issue for new crop. Forgot to ask Ben what the price was, so it's probably similar to the old crop price. On the basis of what I've just said, I don't think anyone's going to be feeling like selling it anyway. Moving on to new crop wheat prices, the current value of the futures traded this morning at 210. It's sort of offered there and bid 208, so let's assume it's about 210 ish. So that makes X Farm November feed wheat 195. That makes delivered to store 190. Immediate movement, harvest time into one of our stores. That doesn't seem to be trading that much at the moment. The crop looks brilliant. The rain that's come this week has been fantastically keeping it ticking along. There's more rain forecast next week, so there is no drought. There is no problem with the crop. Heavy lands arguably have got enough moisture there to see them through. That's a debate unless if it gets really hot. But each week that goes by that this rain keeps coming, unless it keeps going all the way through the summer, then in which case it's a different reason we get grumpy. The potential for this coming crop at this moment in time on cereals is exceptionally good certainly for East Anglia and looking at Essex and looking across the country. I'm not so sure about up north because I haven't travelled that way recently. And I know that the Scots haven't got as much spring barley in as they wished, although they've played big catch up recently. So all of those things combined, there is a big crop coming. So giving you the wheat price, barley allegedly is £17 cheaper. I don't think there's much trade on barley going on. I wouldn't, if I was a feed barley grower, be inclined to sell it at this point. With the Spanish demand there in the background, I think that discount to wheat will come in a bit. Yeah, I'm going to give some good advice to both sides of the market now. Old crop wheat is the final marketing conversation I'm going to have. Old crop wheat, if you are a farmer, I think should be sold. I think there's too much of it. There's too many of you that haven't sold it. And there's a little bit of ego or pride or something that's stopping you kind of letting go of it. Well, drop the ego and the pride say, what are you paying me for, June or July wheat? Because the prices are good at the moment, right? so they're worse than they were a week ago, but we're going to go through a period where it's 190 something, let's say. So I think now is the moment to say, okay, do you know what, let it go. Because the prospects for old crop wheat, the only thing that can really save it, in my opinion, is new crop steaming up a lot. And if you're relying on that and you haven't sold new crop, then you're going to gain on new crop anyway. So don't put all your eggs in one basket just admit that there is a surplus of old crop feed wheat. I believe that, and I think when the futures get unfolded and the farmers come out with what they've got left, there is more than enough old crop wheat there. So for farmers, the good advice is sell your crop for June or July because at the moment nobody is selling it. You lot are not selling. You're happy to just close your eyes and think of something else. Good advice on the other side of the fence to my consumer friends and to any merchant who's out there, is if you've got June or July to buy, sit back in your chair. I don't think you need to rush at it. So if both of you listen to me, there's no trade going to happen anyway. Farmers will be grumpy and the consumers will be happy. But if I suspect that, you know, not enough people listen to me clearly, to <laughs> keep telling Tess that anyway. If you're a consumer and you've got June or July week to buy, don't chase it. Do not chase it. There is no point. It will come to you. People will have to clear their stores out. They won't carry it like they say they're going to, especially if the new crop keeps developing in the way it is at the moment. So there you go. I'm looking after both sides of the fence there. And I don't mind either way what you do. I'll trade in between the two or, you know, sit back and watch you trade if you like. But that, I think, is something that needs to be listened to. Right. Final thing to say to you is Friday the 28th. So when this podcast goes out, it will be this Friday coming. The 28th, it is at Chroma at 11am and the what three words are important, flute S-F-L-U-T-E and stove, S-T-O-V-E important, flute, stove at 11am yes you'll have to pay for the car park and it's a really good long walk but hey that's what we're going to do and I look forward to seeing some of you there cheers thank you for listening please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours
0: The Doing Grain app will keep you updated with real-time industry news, data analysis and insights into the market, giving you all the information you need to make informed trading decisions. A commodity selling feature enables you to source prices and receive direct offer notifications, informing you on what Doing Grain are looking to buy and at what price. Search Doing Grain on the App Store or Google Play to download. And with all of these features in your pocket, you'll have more time to sit back and listen to our podcast. To set up a trading account with us, call 01263 731 550 or email info at doinggrain.co.uk. And now it's time for the farm chat.
1: This week's guest is Vladimir Alavadov. And Vladimir has been working with us for the last six or seven months at Ails from Grains also. Good morning, Vlad. Good morning. Now, Vlad's a bit nervous about coming on here because he's just spent the last two weeks back in his home country of Georgia. That's right, isn't it? Yes, yeah. And so he's been speaking Georgian, and now he's thinking his English is not going to be that good. But I can assure you, you will understand everything he says, because his English is very good. Certainly a lot better than my Georgian. Mm, Thank you. (laughs) Anyway, so the first question, and just to explain, Vlad is working, he's been going around and keeping an eye on farm stores and seeing where there's bugs and stuff like that, and getting interested in grain trading. But previous to that, what was your career before you came to us, Vlad?
2: I was working in Ukraine, a traffic controller, and some position in the business aviation in Ukraine.
1: Yeah, okay. And your wife is Ukrainian?
2: Yeah, my wife is Ukrainian. I'm from Georgia, Georgian, and we lived in Ukraine together. Yeah,
1: and another Vladimir decided to ruin the party, and you know, you have a choice, you have three young children, and you're not obliged to stay and fight in Ukraine because you were Georgian. And you therefore, well, escaped, if you like, and we luckily found you in the Aylesham area kicking your heels, and not quite that, but you know, we were able to offer you something to do, and since then we're determined to keep you with us, and you're now settled in Aylesham, and your kids are at school, and speaking perfect, much better English than both of us, yeah? (laughs) Yes. Anyway, so the questions I want to get into, because we were having a conversation first thing this morning, it's really interesting. In Georgia, there is a bit of a problem at the moment with the number of Russians.
2: The first thing I would ask the Georgian, very beautiful and very good country, Mm -hmm. because also this is my motherland Mm -hmm. and I like it. Mm -hmm. But there is uh, so many Russian people. Now in Georgia, when you walk on the street, you can always hear the Russian language.
1: And this is why are they there?
2: I think because there is some problem in the Russian, with the Russian government, with the army, and the people is run from Russia to Georgia, and Georgia has a border with the Russia, yeah. and so many people run from. They've
1: there. run away to not be called up in the draft, haven't they? They don't want to be soldiers. Yeah, from, from I Mr. think Asia. yes,
2: because so many younger people, mm-hmm. so many teenagers maybe the children from some people. And mm. there is so many Russian language in Georgia you can hear on the street. Yeah.
1: Mm. And you're... I mean, it's not all bad for the country, is it? Because the Russians have more money than Georgians. So yes. so economics are good Yeah,
2: for the the, the, I think this is a very good economic because Russian peoples come to Georgia with the money. Yeah. And they spend the money in Georgia and the economically this is a... The yeah, government's they, happy. Yeah, they, But the people... Georgian people, they are not so good because they don't like the Russian. Because in 2008 was also some aggressive. You had a war of your own, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Why did that stop? Why? Because there is a, if I remember, there is a, some political meeting and mm-hmm. they stopped. Gave up killing. Yeah, because you know the Georgian people is just only 3 million. Mm-hmm. And this is so less than the Russia, yeah. and they stopped by the political situation. Yeah, so enough people said, look, come on, yeah. stop it, boys, yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: And then, because originally, you know, the Russian border didn't stop at the south of Georgia, did it? It went on to Armenia, yes. and yeah, did yeah, it go any further than that? This no, is,
2: yeah, this is a transit area, mm. because so many trucks and so many people going from Russia mm. to Armenia yeah. and Iran. Yeah, because Iran yeah, is the next yeah. country down, isn't it? After, yeah, I mean, yeah the, there is a the way way for, for the people and for the trucks. Yeah, so, trucks, there's, yeah, yeah, there's, so uh, there's a natural, yeah. you know, valleys or whatever to yeah. travel through, to get through. Yeah.
1: That. See, one of the good things about the war, it's terrible to admit yeah. this, but one of the good things about there being a war somewhere and you taking an interest in it is you suddenly realise where each and every country is. Because lots of countries you kind of go, oh yeah, okay, Moldova, yeah, yeah where's that? And all of a sudden, we're a little bit more aware of everything that's going on. I'm sure some of you knew all of that already, but as far as I'm concerned, you know, the the defining where Armenia is versus Georgia, and then where Iran is below that. Yes. That's Mm. where the Russian Empire, or whatever you want to call it, ended at the bottom of Armenia. You're
2: absolutely right.
1: Mm. And so now the Russian territory is to the north of Georgia, and that's where they stop, supposedly. Yeah, I mean, is it not a worry that with all of those Russians in the country that they'll go, like, right, you're Russian again? Is that something that people worry about?
2: Yes, all Georgian people are with Ukraine. Mm. But they understand the government yeah. can, I don't know... <laughs> give up wave a flag and come yeah, in, Mr. Yeah, Putin. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. there is also people and they want to leave Georgia and... Yeah,
1: remain independent, yeah, I assume. Yeah. Yeah, so it must be really your family that are left there, your father and, and everybody.
2: Yeah, my father is uh, lives in Georgia, and more people are with Ukraine, mm-hmm. but... But it must, be, it must be... How does he feel about the
1: Russians? Is he kind of just going, I don't like yeah, this? Yeah, n- the and people don't like them.
2: No. no. Do you think no. they will stay forever? I don't know. I don't know, maybe, but... Yeah. All Russian people are asking, we are with Ukraine, but they are just only asking, but what... Now they're, 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 saying they're, they're they feeling believe. we don't know. Yeah, yeah. so they're saying yeah, to you that they Just so are, saying, yeah, yeah, because...
1: Okay. Those guys are now, because originally the Russian... The young men who fled Russia, as I understand yeah. it, originally had to, if they were served a paper to be called up for the army, yeah. someone had to physically give them the piece of paper. That was the rule, wasn't yeah. it? Now, as I understand it, yeah. from this morning's conversation, yeah. they can just be sent an email. And if you refuse to join the army having received the email, you're in trouble.
2: Yes, but nobody (laughs) knows how it (laughs) works in the real life. No one's looked
1: on their inbox for six months (laughs) because they don't want to go. I can kind of understand. What about you obviously flew over there and are you anywhere near Tbilisi where your family lives? Yes,
2: I'm born in Tbilisi and my father and my home is in Tbilisi and is
1: it a beautiful
2: city? What's yes, it? very beautiful city, and yes, I suggest to the come and see. Come and see, it. yeah, because so many tourists. I meet some people from the England, and they mm-hmm. are also did some little trip, mm-hmm. via Georgia, because Georgia has very interesting places, very old churches from five or sixth century. The
1: first Orthodox Christian settlement, isn't it? Yes, yeah. there is
2: also Orthodox, and there is a. Very old orthodox yeah. country so it goes yeah. back to the yeah. to the
1: yeah, well, if you so yeah. you have buildings for, yeah, for, that go right back like for our,
2: tourists very beautiful and very different, not like England, very big mountains. Yeah. You can ski and swim uh-huh. and, uh, on for the same example, day. Yeah, on the same day ski and, down, yeah, yeah. get your skis yeah. off, have and a swim. Very beautiful and I suggest to come and
1: see. Okay, there's an advert yeah. for the Georgian yeah. tourist yeah. port, yeah. Vlad, noted. Yeah. I assume it flies round Ukraine to get there. It doesn't go over the top, does it? it? Might get shot down. Did
2: you go via Turkey? I guess the plane, yes. Yeah. The, all the airspace in Ukraine is closed, yeah. And all aircrafts and all going via Turkey, yeah. yeah there yeah. is a Turkey is so busy now. Just using your yeah. air traffic
1: control yeah. skills, there, <laughs> Just thought I'd bring that out. What about your wife? Obviously, I mean, she will know what's happening in the Ukraine now because it's gone quiet for most of us it's not so prominent on the news
2: yeah we are always to control the news in from ukraine now the situation is economically it's very bad because yeah the war is going on and in some region is so quiet and some region is not and mm-hmm. we are so sad for it yeah, because lots of people have gone back we were talking yeah we are talking because they cannot to stay for example in europe mm. because so more women with the little children and mm. they need to do the work, but they can't and they are going back. Well, they can't
1: work in the UK. They can't find jobs, you mean? We had a Ukrainian yeah, other yeah, daughter yeah. and she...
2: I mean, Europe all in from the Europe, okay. um, for example, oh, okay. Poland. Yeah, there's not yeah. there's not jobs in Poland for them. No, no, that's because they're so busy.
1: Well, they've done more than their fair share of the Polish. and Now they're banning grain exports because yep. their own market has been undercut so much by cheap Ukrainian grain. But the dynamic of that is they can't make money doing it in Ukraine, so they won't be growing as much because they yes. can't afford and so it goes. Over here, our two Ukrainians actually went back to the Ukraine this week to see their family. It took them 27 hours yes, from door yes, to door perfect. to get... Long bus journey from Warsaw through, but they've gone back to their home, and I'm sure it was very emotional, as it was for you. I'm sure, yes. with your family. But you know, in when they come back, we will be asking them, you know, what what is happening? Has the world forgotten them, or what do we do next? And did you, any ideas on that? Was you, what does your wife think? Does she sort of is her family still out there?
2: Yes, yes. We also like because we have a friends. We have a job and everything is good mm. for us in England. We I need to save. So thank you for all English people for help us for during grain and we are so happy here and thank you very much.
1: My absolute pleasure. But you can't save everybody. In your family, is, your wife's family are stuck over there. Are they somewhere near Kyiv? or? Where yeah,
2: they? we was live in Kiev, but uh, we left uh, and uh, now. My wife's parents lives in the Krapivnitsky. This is the center of Ukraine, and okay. yeah, there is a little bit quiet, 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 quiet yeah. uh, because this is the center, not east. Uh, I mean, and, and west, at the uh, moment, the
1: fight's going to continue yeah. over
2: by that river and over in yeah, Donetsk. Yeah, we don't know uh, yeah. uh, nothing because one day they can bomb Krapovnitsky or Lviv or something like this. Any town,
1: town. In Ukraine. Ukraine. Yeah. it must it's hideous it's, it's you yeah. know, can't bear thinking about yeah okay, so you're now established, you know, your children are now at the local primary school and secondary yes. school, so you're going to be with us for a while with a bit of luck aren't you that's the that's the plan
2: yes, we are our children going to the school I have a job, and we are so happy here and, if
1: and does the government i mean i don't know is there a time scale you've been given to say we'll talk to you again in three years' time or yes, now
2: like? we have a three years time. But uh, maybe there will be some change end of May. Mm-hmm. And we will be so happy if we had some... We can stay longer for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, we,
1: we hope so. We want to keep yeah. you working for us, Vlad. Right, believe Thank me. You, so if all comes good, your children will get through. And I understand their English is superb. Yeah. Really, yeah, good, yeah. <laughs> they are <laughs> <speaks>, good.
2: <laughs> they are speaking so good in English. Yeah. And I now know. they
1: can talk and you don't quite understand what they're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Very laughs> they we with... with, with
2: well, dear, dear friends.
1: I have a 12-year-old daughter and uh, I don't understand what she's talking about either. <laughs> she just thinks yeah. I'm clueless and deaf, so, yeah, um, luckily, uh, yeah, she's right, probably. Anyway, so I'm very glad that you were prepared to, to sit and talk, and I'm, I'm sure that everyone will understand what you've said. I just thought it was a good idea to keep everybody reminded, keep in perspective the dynamic of what's really going on over there and the impact on the surrounding countries. You know, you talked about Georgia, you've talked about Armenia... I understand you went into
2: Armenia for a Yes, few, I was because yeah my father's sister live in Armenia and we was two days in Armenia near the Georgian border. It's a very yes. small country, I mean yes I mean. there is a small country about two million people. Yeah. But they are with Russia. Yeah. Because they have so many people from Russia also mm-hmm. and they're economically reliant. Yeah, reliant with the Russia because they have so many Muslim country around yeah and they have some military contract with the russia and
1: so that's kind of the other yeah. side of it. that that's always yeah. going to be dangerous isn't it with yeah for georgia you have to go yes to of keep, course yeah try and keep everybody happy well he's hoping that all of that that's happened to ukraine doesn't happen yeah.
2: to you and armenia
1: but anyway i appreciate your time and coming on this and i just as i say for any listeners just to kind of keep in perspective that this miserable war that's going on has had impact on so many people and it's just dragging on and is going to drag on for a long, long time, isn't it? But we've got Vlad. That's the main thing and his family. So, Vlad, thank you.
2: Thank you very much.
0: Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get updates on new episodes and when they are released. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Dewing Grain. Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731 550 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio, a full-service creative agency specialising in websites, digital marketing and branding. Get in touch to inquire with their friendly team on info at eastcoastdesignstudio.co.uk.